Hi, everybody. Welcome to my home. I'm Dennis Prager. And as I always remind you, this is my real home, my real fire, my real dog, and I'm really me. This is the fireside chat I have with you every week. And it's completely unrehearsed, not scripted, spontaneous. I take your questions. I offer you some thoughts on very rare occasions, and you can count them truly. On the fingers of one hand, I have had guests and they have to be pretty special. I've, I have had Abraham Lincoln, Aristotle, Moses. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a very special crowd. And now Adam Carolla. How do you feel being in the uh, company of Lincoln, Aristotle, and, and the like? I don't think I'm at the top of that list. I'm certainly in the middle. Right. And whilst I don't want to bring up who I'm in the middle of because I, many of them, especially Aristotle, has uh, family members. Uh-huh. No, no, They're I get still, it. Still around. That's very, very thoughtful them. of you. Yes. Uh, it's going to embarrass him, so you should, like, close your ears. Uh, I think the world of this man, he is a very special human being on every level, and extremely bright, but that's not enough. There are a lot of bright people, but uh, he, has a, he has a conscience and a mind that go with his brightness. He's unbelievably funny. Uh, his, his very fertile mind. Uh, we are really blessed to have each other in each other's lives, which is, of course, a sort of self-aggrandizing statement on my part. I'm assuming he thinks that, but uh, I, I'll, I'll risk it. Uh, we, we really do. Uh, we really do feel that we were blessed to uh, to somehow come together, and we have actually made a movie together, which will be out this fall. No safe spaces, and uh, I. Uh, I, th- I know you will love it. It already won an award at one festival that it was at. It's a, really about, uh, it's a movie. It's not just a documentary. It's about freedom in America. Any thoughts on it? I'm excited for its release. Um, you know, it's been a long process and it's been shot over a number of, I guess, years now. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny because when we initially were having discussions about it, we, you could, it was in the air, but it wasn't in your face. You know, the speech, campus speech, free speech, hate speech, you know, all this kind of stuff. It was like, these were notions that were sort of floating around, but now they're really, they're really congealing. And so I think the timing is gonna be perfect for yeah. the film. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. That, that, that might be it. By the way, I did not mention that, uh, and this, this is verified uh, by the Guinness Book of Records, he is the, is the most widely listened to uh, podcast outside of communist China. <laughs> I, I just have to assume that, you know, some official spokesman of the government may have more downloads in China than you do outside of China. So only on that basis. But they have to listen to yes. you. People who listen to you do so voluntarily. That's right. Um, you no yeah. longer force people to listen to you. No. Uh, I wish I could. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a podcast for over 10 years now, wow. a daily podcast. So it's really been quite a quite a while. I got out of terrestrial radio in about 2000 and 
2011, uh, sorry, 2009, and then I immediately just started up with podcasting. And it's really worked. Uh, what is it, adamcarolla.com? AdamCarolla.com. Yeah. Well, it's it's absolutely p worth people visiting. You, uh, I'm very uh, honored by the fact you listen to my radio show, and I'm I'm very touched by that. And you were mentioning to me, it, it is amazing to you to hear people call in, differ with me, which is fine, and that's why I take their calls. But when there is a, a complete absence of logic, for example, you gave the example. Well, Dennis, why are you complaining about PragerU uh, uh, being uh, placed on the, on, on the restricted list by Google? Hey, they do that to the Young Turks. And then I would say, well, yes, but the Young Turks use profanity. Right. It's not an ideological issue with Young Turks. It's a profanity issue. With us, there's no profanity. Right. And then they go back and say, but they're on the no-fly zone as well. You know, they, they essentially make their point a second time, which is not, wasn't a point the first time. But <laughs> there's right. also something I've noticed as well, listening, which is folks on the right who call in and who uh, on occasion take umbrage or disagree with something you said, something, something to do with the Bible sometimes, you know, they try to, they want to correct you, right. give, them, uh, give you their uh, version of it. The, the folks that are right-leaning, if you say, all right, well, let me explain that, they stop. The folks that are oh, left-leaning so just bulldoze every time. And you go, look, excuse me, you can talk. Just let me answer. Excuse me, you can talk. And they just bulldoze. They filibuster. And you, you're saying, I'm going to hang up on you if you don't let me answer this question. You know you're not allowed to ask three questions in a row. I get to answer your first question. The folks on the right, they're still arguing with you. They're capable of stopping and listening to what your rebuttal is to their assertion. The folks on the left just plow right through to the point where I don't know if they don't hear what you're saying, or I don't know if they, they don't, don't want to hear what you're they, gonna say. Yes, they don't. You're right. I think they don't, and they they don't want to hear it. Look, you know, uh, I would have any. I, I here I publicly announce I would have any New York Times columnist on my show, uh, but they won't come on. And right. you know I treat people respectfully, but they won't come on. I I would go there. Uh, I, I I but they don't. They, as I often say, they don't hear us, they don't study under us, they don't watch us, they don't see our movies, they don't, nothing. They, we see their movies, we watch them on television, we hear them on, on podcasts or radio, we, we studied under them in school, but there is no equivalent on their side. Yeah, I was watching uh, Bill Maher saying to Adam Schiff super naively, like, I wish you'd just go on that Sean Hannity show and settle that guy's hash. Right. And Adam Schiff went, I've, I've been invited quite a few times. And Bill was going, well, good, then just go and straighten him out. And Adam Schiff was in this really bad position. Oh, because is that interesting? It was sort of from the mouth of Bill's or the mouth of babes. Bill was like, you got invited to go on Sean Hannity right. and you didn't go? Right. Why not just go and make a fool out of him? Exactly. And, and Adam Schiff is thinking, no, I don't want to go because right. I don't want to I don't want to get beat in the argument. That's correct. Obviously, if you <coughs> were talking prize fighters, 
before we went on, but if you think you can win the fight, you get in the ring. That's right. If you're a prize fighter, if that's your profession, and essentially if your profession is to argue with people or Mm -hmm. to give your opinion or to do what Adam Schiff does, if you think you're going to make short work of this guy, then you can't get on the show fast enough. That's right. If you think you're going to get bullied and bloodied and maybe not get out of there with a win, then you don't. Now, what Bill Maher was saying was, is I don't get it. Why well, are you, you taking yes. him up you, on his offer? You explained why. You said he was right. naive. He, well, what, Bill Maher what, was naive. N- well, but Bill he, Maher was saying was, we here on the left, we talk in a circle to each other. What we need is to go on to the other side of the right. aisle and explain to them what we're doing and what our points right. are. Right. So his naivete was, Adam Schiff, go ahead, but I bet you Hannity wouldn't invite you on. When he found out Hannity had invited him multiple times, then he went from naive to confused, which is, well, why don't you go on there? The answer is, he's scared. Of course. And he's not going to win the fight. Right. Let me announce one, one in, in another way. I will happily go on any MSNBC show that would like to invite me, but it won't happen. And there's a good reason it won't happen. You see, here is a fact, not an opinion. On the right, we are reason-based. On the left, they are emotion-based. It's as simple as that. That's why they, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? Oh, when, uh, when biological men are running against girls in girls' races in high schools in Connecticut, oh, that's totally fair because they consider themselves women. Right. Well, look, obviously, if you, if you say, I felt threatened or I know what I know or in my heart of hearts, it's really hard to argue that away. <laughs> Who are you to say to someone, no, you didn't feel threatened? Who are you to say to someone in my heart of hearts? Now, if you want to pull out a spreadsheet and give me a ballpoint pen, we can probably find out where your math was incorrect. But if you felt threatened, there's right, no but that, Well, that's that. ironic because the name of our movie is No Safe Spaces. Safe Spaces is exactly where kids who think they're threatened if a conservative speaker comes to college. But, but you, it doesn't matter that you feel threatened. There's something wrong with you if you feel threatened by a conservative speaker. I don't feel threatened by a left-wing speaker. Why do you feel threatened by a right-wing speaker? What is so different about it? Like, what I don't understand is I hate world music. It bothers me. I feel like it's a cop-out. It's, it's, like, a, it's like reggae with more people. And... I, I just don't like it. So if I was attending a college and they were going to have a world music festival, right. I would simply not leave my dorm that day or I would go <laughs> to the park and study, but I wouldn't right. feel threatened yes. and I wouldn't try to shut down the concert. I would just announce that I will not be attending because I, I don't agree and don't enjoy right. with that. But, but, but e- the analogy isn't, isn't entirely perfect because they should go anyway. Your thing is an aesthetic dislike. There's no right. reason to force yourself. I wouldn't go to a rap concert. I just don't enjoy rap. Fine. But, You'd blend uh, but right in. That's such a good point. Yeah. That's part, they well, might think yeah. you're in the band. 
That's such a good point. That someone inevitably that's would why, well, that's hand why, you a microphone. That is at why some I wouldn't point. go. Yeah, that's right. You'd be it, forced on no, stage. No, no, it, it wouldn't be right. And I would yeah. show them up. It's just that <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> right. They should go, I've heard world music, I don't enjoy it. But maybe you should go hear what Ben Shapiro has to say. That's right, yes. And I, I always tell people, make a trade. Your, your kid doesn't, you know, want to listen to you or what doesn't want to listen to me or anyone like us. Make a trade. You'll listen to twice as much of their favorites. Well, I, I, I believe you have to have a certain insecurity with your ideas right. if you don't want them tested. If you have a very strong sense and, and relationship with your ideas or whatever that is. If you're doing a math equation and you've done it all out in long form, you'll happily hand it to somebody. If you feel confident, you'll hand it to a professor and go scrutinize away. Right. I, I feel, right. I know I've gotten all my numbers in line. If you're feeling a little iffy, then you sort of put your arm around and you go, Get, don't, don't look at what I'm doing. I don't want it scrutinized. I think, I think there's a notion of, we have these feelings, we have these ideas, they don't really hold up to scrutiny, but as long as we can get enough people together who think or are like-minded, we'll never have to offer them up to scrutiny. And there's something that feels insecure because I think when you feel very comfortable with information, the things you know, the things I know, I have, a, I have an expertise in building. If anybody ever says, Oh, I, I'm a world-class builder. I know everything about building. I go, come over here and tell me all about it. Right. And let's see what you know, and right. I'll tell you what I know. I don't go, oh, someone's found, found That's me out. That's right. Like on, on the contrary, and, and there's probably part of you that says, maybe he's got a better idea. Yes. That, that's what I react. Oh, you differ with me? You may be right. Right. I'm totally open to that. Right. Well, you should be because it makes you a better builder. That's the point. Right. That's right. That, By the way, talking to Adam Carolla, for those of you, I don't know, there's no such thing as just tuning in. That's, are there people who, who like click in on the middle? <laughs> okay, if so, it's Adam Carolla, whose podcast is well worth your time. Listen, what I do uh, is take questions the second half of my, my half hour time with people. So I'd like you to respond to some if you feel sure. comfortable. Okay. Uh, so uh, this is a fun part. I love this, actually, because uh, you never know who's going to ask from anywhere in the world. All right, Reed, 19, New York, Prager Force. Adam, this is for Adam. Have you performed on a college campus recently? Why have comedians turned away from college campuses in recent years? Well, I think for obvious reasons. No, I used to perform in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s quite often. I, I literally toured with Dr. Drew um, and played big venues and did it frequently, hundreds of colleges. Um, there is obviously, for, for obvious reasons, uh, whatever you say about comedians, you know, this guy's bold and he's a risk he's a risk taker and a truth teller. Nobody likes that feeling of being up on stage and saying something and feeling the audience, seeing sort of the air come out of the room. 
a little bit. I do remember once when Dr. Drew and I were playing Syracuse uh, many years ago, and somebody asked a question about uh, getting into broadcasting, and Drew said, it's not worth it to go to school, it's not worth it to take classes, it's not worth it to study, you intern at a radio station, that's what I did, that's what Adam did, that's how you get, and right. you're talking to entire communications, television and radio oh, I class, knew it. and oh. I could feel it, oh, God. you could feel it come out because everyone there paying thousands that's of dollars right. to do what Drew said will never work and was worthless, the degree is worthless, that's and right. they're all there trying to earn that degree, and you can feel it. Oh God, I, and Drew was right. Drew is right, but <laughs> it was still uncomfortable. No, of course it is. But what I'm saying is, is when you're up on stage and you start into a joke and you can feel the people lean back and kind of go, uh-oh, it's not a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's nothing that makes you say, oh, I want to come back. I mean, the thing about comedians, they'll say all the time, Caroline's or the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store, the Improv or the Comedy Cellar. It has a certain vibe that this is what the, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, like, it's like an old bar or something. It has an allure to it or a crowd or a vibe or something like that. College campuses would be the opposite of all the stuff that comedians like. It'd be sterile and angry well, you know, and they wouldn't understand. You, you, you put in my mind just now what has happened. Uh, and that is, at a, at a college campus, kids are sitting there and they, what they're thinking is, do I have permission to laugh at that joke? Yes. Has the left granted me permission or is it offending anybody? Right. You know, I did my last happiness hour. One of one of the hours of my broadcast week has, since 1999 is on happiness, and uh, it, it was about people who are easily offended. And it wasn't political. It had nothing to do with politics. And I, it, it is a guarantor of not being happy in life if you are easily offended. You know my favorite story, right? Yeah. Where, you just you. Yeah. This was just a subject from. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was the last. Friday. Yeah, the right. last. The right. last week. Yes. Why would you? It'd be like willing brittle bone disease on yourself. Yeah, Why would you want great. that for yourself? Brittle bone disease. That's exactly Why would you right. want osteoporosis? Yes. Why would you want that? Ted Cruz opened up his Senate session. I, I should say I started speaking. This is the U.S. Senate. <laughs> and I didn't turn the mic on. And he goes, uh, Mr. Prager, you know, uh, uh, for someone in radio as long as you, you, one would have thought you would have known to turn the microphone on. So not only was I not offended, I thought that was, it's a hilarious moment. Right. And I said, that's exactly right. Your point is extremely well taken. One would think I would have known to turn the button on, but I could imagine people who would have been mortified at being hu humiliated, but you're not humiliated. That's the point. Well, you're not humiliated. And well, no, here's, here's what you are. You are embarrassed to some degree because you screwed the pooch a little bit right you were, you were instructed turn your mic on i wasn't them. instructed as you it were? happens no so in in fact you're they right they didn't tell you to do that no they did not tell me and but well, then that's th on them you're right but i wasn't going to say that i i say uh, senator i just want to say nobody told me to do it would not look good right well <laughs> I, I looked a lot better going 
point well taken. But, but I think, I, I, so here's what I think, and, and I, have a, I have a bunch of thoughts on this. Uh, it's okay to be embarrassed. And we've all right. misspoke, misspelled, right. missed whatever, right. missed everything. But that doesn't mean you were humiliated. That's right. That just means you made a That's mistake. Correct. You're not. And everyone right. makes mistakes, and correct. you can move on. Now, if somebody points out your mistake, it still doesn't mean you're humiliated. That's, that's right. It's it's a part of life. Also, there's a new thing going on where we've lost sight of the meaning of of things, and we're simply focusing on certain buzzwords that may That's offend. Right. That's and right. So when so when you know 2 years ago when Matt Damon says uh, look uh, let's not confuse Al Franken for Harvey Weinstein what Har- what Al Franken That's did right. was not what yes. Harvey and everyone right. went what are you talking about shut up there you don't know that, that right. that's that's a completely accurate statement. Completely accurate. Just because you heard the name Weinstein That's and right. you heard yes. Franken You've, and you heard let's not right. mistake what he did with that. Just because there was this stew of words, it doesn't That's mean right. it's goulash. Well, look, the perfect example is the, is the recent thing with Baltimore. And you, you have uh, the president says, you know, there, there are rats and rodents in Baltimore. And, and uh, I played on my show the mayor of Baltimore, black female mayor of Baltimore last year on television saying, you know, got a lot of rats here. He didn't say people were rats. He said the rodent called rats. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there were too many of them in Baltimore. That's either true or not true, but it isn't racist. It's either true or false. Well, here's what I've, I, you know, I wrote a book called In 50 Years Walby Chicks. And it happened fast. And I'll tell you, there's a kind of a thinking, which is, if you, it's a little more feminine than masculine, but more men are thinking in a feminine way now. That's right. And that's what's causing a lot of this. If you talk to a woman who has, let's say, a bad relationship with her stepdad, and they have a history and, and basically that's what Trump is. He's everyone's bad stepdad and, and, or he's half the country's bad stepdad. And if you, if that stepdad says to um, the, the daughter, uh, hey, we're gonna go out to uh, dinner tonight and uh, I hope you're hungry because uh, the portions are big at this place. She walks into the next room and said, he called me fat. That's right. Because that's what she heard mm-hmm. through her process. Now, you're sitting in the room, that's not what you heard because you don't have her wiring mm-hmm. and you don't, you're not reacting right. and you, you're not being triggered and you don't have the history. So you simply just hear the tweet or hear the statement or hear what it was. Everyone else is reacting like the stepdaughter who has the bad relationship and they're hearing that I mean, it also sells newspapers. Right, obviously. but you, the task of life is to rise above that, is to hear what is actually said, not what my heart hears. That's called growing up. Yeah, that that's your task, and that's your that's wish. All, that's our ta- all and of that's our the task. transition from adolescence that's or from right. ch- childhood yes. to adulthood. We've interrupted yes, that. That's right. Progression. And we're now living in this sort of circling the air, adolescent airport 
well into our 60s. And the thing that cracks me up the most is when I hear these 70-year-old guys on MSNBC saying this kind of stuff in hysterical right. terms. Weren't you supposed to grow up by now? Or maybe you were grown up when you were 52, but now you're sliding back into right. adolescence. I, I don't, I don't yes. know. I will say this to, to tell you a quick story to put a yep. cap on that. In terms of when people just hear words and react now. So I was sitting at a table at Pebble Beach. I go to do my car race every year. And um, I was sitting at a table at one of these sort of swanky outdoor fairs. It was in between the car race and the thing. And it was a bunch of gentry type, uh, just five white people eating grapes and caviar. And they were, and the one guy, you know, is wearing loafers with no socks and they're orange suede and they got buckles on them and this. And he said, you know, he said like, well, I had the Duesenberg drop top for a while, but I sold that. And the other guy said, I had the Maserati uh, 5300, whatever. And at a certain point, the guy was talking about caviar and Duesenbergs and stuff. And I leaned in and I said, you know, what we're talking about, on what we're doing here, I think this is what black America thinks white America does all day. <laughs> right. And you talk about their, their Duesenbergs. And, while having and, caviar. Right. right. And, and the woman went, oh, no, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm making a joke. You know, oh. And, oh, okay, we've heard enough. We've we've it, heard enough. It's frightening. And I said, no, no. I'm, no, your point I, was I'm, hilarious. I'm making a joke kind it, of at it, our... Yes, at it, our expense. At our expense. Exactly. He's like, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough of that. And So she was triggered, in other words. That's because right. Because I made a joke... Right. about a race, right. even though we right. were the butt we were the, the it doesn't matter. joke. And that's she right. kept jumping in going, and I was saying to her, no, no, I'm making it, okay, okay, that's enough. That's that is where a, we're at. That's a perfect story. That's where we're at now. Good. By the way, he just for the record, he does have caviar at every meal. And uh, why don't you, did you bring your Duesenberg over tonight? Well, I'll tell you, I'm having to have it clean because I opened it up and caviar just came spilling oh, out. Oh, is that I, what I, happened? Yes. And it stained yes. the Connolly leather hides that I Which just reminds me, his background, which is a feature of our film. <laughs> <laughs> did you know what caviar was growing up? If somebody would have said, hey, how would you like some caviar, Adam? I knew you could use fish eggs for fishing, like as bait, but as I didn't bait, know right. you could eat uh -huh. And that they fish cost eggs. a lot of money. No, no. <laughs> Look, we didn't, the sizzler was a big deal when I was a <laughs> exactly. kid. We, uh, part of the charm of all of this, uh, Adam does this really well, is if you would have thrown uh, darts at a dartboard of the 300 million Americans, of the two most opposite upbringings, we would probably have been the two darts. Yeah, but, you know, we always always say we have common sense in that's common. That's right, exactly. And there's a fly that's buzzing around my head, but also... We have that in common, too. The, the fly is yes, bugging you. Yes. But I will say this. I think... Our parents didn't dote on us. That's correct. And they sort of left us alone. That's correct. And, and, and we, were, we got a compliment by the decade. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So I, I, and I mean that. I really believe I was complimented twice in my first twenty years. Yeah, my con. I my yeah. I yeah. I remember two. One is. Dennis is really doing well in his musical studies. My parents actually complimented you. I didn't even know uh -huh. who you were at the point, so there right. was no context <laughs> at all. So uh, no compliments and not a lot of encouragement. Yeah. Right. And thus, no, there's a certain and, 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 a fair, and a fair number of insults. Yes. Yes. My father had a, a statement about me. It resonates in my brain. Uh, he, he, he thought I was the laziest human being that was outside of a hospital. And uh, it was, if, if, what was it? He would look at me and go, you know, if you could sit, De no, Dennis's motto is, if I could sit, why stand? If I could stand, why walk? If I could walk, why run? Right. I, he forgot if I could lie down, why sit? That, right, that was right. always absent. Now, I remember him saying that. It was not nice. I wasn't crushed. But I certainly didn't grow up thinking I was the essence of the world. My parents did not take the self-esteem course for their children. We, right. uh, I watch parents today. I mean, this is, we could do a routine on this. Maybe the next time we do a show together. It, I, I see parents going, wow, you really, really made a great poop. Hmm. And, I, and the I, kid's I, 26 <laughs> at this point, so <laughs> it really crosses boundaries. <laughs> but I do know what you, I, I do know, I do remember that. Exactly. Yeah. What is our time frame? Okay, <laughs> and the kid is twenty six. That was living at home. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, I don't think you should spend your time insulting your kids. That is not my point at all. However, those of us who grew up in a somewhat tougher—I don't mean—I don't mean abused, but a somewhat tougher environment—I think did better in terms of happiness in life than those who were constantly told how terrific they are by their parents. That's, that's my theory. I mean, there are two examples that are sitting here. Well, why would you want that grafted onto you? Isn't it impossible to graft that onto somebody? I mean, you have to discover your worth and the world will quickly tell you that's your right. worth. It'll tell you if people want to listen to your podcast. It'll, it'll, when I was a carpenter, my work was all referral people. I would do a job and then I would go back to the same house and do another job. It wouldn't matter what anyone said. It was, does the person want you to come back and do more That's of what right. you already did? Yes. That's light. Life will judge me. That is exactly right. By the way, when you're not going to get a second date, when you go out on a first date and the woman has no intention of going out on the second date, she will talk more positively, I believe, about the first date. She'll go, that was fantastic. I, you know, next week is not good, but that was a fantastic That's date. Right. You're That's a fantastic exactly individual. Right. Yes. You should be proud. I love your frames. Right. <laughs> and I can't wait. Again, March is not a good month for me. Right. But this was a fantastic outing. That's right. People do that. Right. It's not going to get you the second date. As a matter of fact, people tend to do that when you have a bad job. When you have a bad job, if you say to somebody, "What?" everyone at home, try this. Next time you're at a cocktail party and somebody says, and what do you do for a living? You say, I work at a 
sewage treatment facility. They'll go, oh, that sounds interesting. There must be a strong union or perks right. or something. They'll overcompensate oh, another, right. That's a very, another right. words. Yes. For, you can say to someone, I'm a brain surgeon, and they'll go, well, that's... That's good. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. That's good. I'm going to go. I'm going to get more gazpacho. You want more gazpacho? <laughs> exactly. Like, but you, if you tell them you're a garbage man, they'll go fresh air. You get to ride outside the truck. It's a noble profession. That is so true. They'll find some connection. My, I had a neighbor when I uh, when, oh man, back when uh, when we were in. Uh, Monomaly, uh, Wisconsin. We had a neighbor who was a garbage man. Great guy. Exactly. Great You're, guy. It's very it's salt of the earth. Totally astute. The point that we're both making is, and I, I, I we haven't rehearsed this, but I, I know for me, and I'm certain, I'm certain for you, that everything that, as a result of our upbringings, everything that, everything good that happened, is a source of incredible gratitude on our part. I know I've worked and you have worked very hard to get where we are, but we also believe, and we're right, how the good fortune we've had in life. So we walk around grateful. The kid who's given everything, told how terrific they are, has had to earn nothing, is, uh, is deprived of the happiness that you and I derive on a daily basis. Yes, also it's confusing to us because Nobody, I don't want to say nobody did anything, but things were not done for us. Yes. So it is very surprising to us that when things are done for oh, people. Oh, God, is that true? How, how right. ingratitude yes. that they have, that's confusing to us. That's you think, exactly. my God, this person did so much for yes. you and is so generous right. with you and, and took time to whatever. How can your attitude possibly be this way toward this person or this right. entity? that did so much for you. When you grow up with, get your own coffee, and then your wife actually brings you coffee, you think she is an angel. Right, it, it, it's, yes. and it's almost a little confusing. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. And at the beginning, yeah. you do tend to ward it off. Your wife will say, can I bring you some coffee? You go, oh, no, 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 no. I'll just, I, I right, got it. I'm right. going to go in the kitchen anyway. I'll, I'll just get myself a, it's, 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 it's a little alien. It's disconcerting. It's disconcerting. That's correct. You yes. don't know how to process it. That's right. So there you go. I, uh, I always hate the ending any of our time together. Adam Kroll and I have this movie, No Safe Spaces. You will love it. Uh, it's, it we're very proud of it. And it, it'll be in theaters across the country. Adam, this was a total joy. I, 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 too, put you in the middle there with Aristotle and Lincoln. Thank you. But I won't say which way because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, he married Jackie Onassis, right? Aristotle Onassis did, yes. Okay. I was thinking of Aristotle well, he was a, of he Athens. he was a shipping guy. Yeah, okay. They call him the Greek tycoon. All right, everybody. So he's a great it's, man. I, I, okay. I, you, I'm flattered that you've made that association. See you next Seems week. Seems bizarre, but I'll take it. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.